You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 93. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture. Goodfellas, one excitable wet minute at a time. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Wet minute? Yeah, he's in the shower at the end. All right, fair enough. Gonna right. get to that in a second. It's a mostly cocaine minute, I'll be honest with you. And I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. I'm feeling comfortable. <laughs> Showers and cocaine. I don't know. You, I feel you feel very comfortable. <laughs> this minute starts with cocaine and ends with showering. And and we, we gotta be on our best behavior because we have a guest still. We do, that's true. I was so comfortable with Greg Young that I forgot to introduce him. No problem. <laughs> Greg from the Bowery Boys podcast. How are you today? Great, great. Awesome. I am looking uh, forward to diving into the shower of cocaine that, will, <laughs> that this, this next minute will be. I just, had, I just had an image of like a big vat of cocaine, like Uncle Scrooge diving into it. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> In the 70s, it was definitely a thing. Season yeah. two of Narcos. <laughs> so, the first thing that I have here is the cocaine balls. <laughs> Well, you're, sk- you're skipping over Henry doing a line, which is this is our first time seeing Henry engaging in drug use. That's a good point. He's in, uh, that, he's in it. He's, he's now he is no longer just selling it. He's using. And we are still, we are still listening to Monkey Man mm-hmm. uh, from the Rolling Stones, so it's all, it's all changing. It's all going leather. The worst kind of drug dealer also does the product, so he's, this yes. is a good sign that he is a little off the rails. I believe. <laughs> get, get it off the rails. <laughs> Uh, you, you're referring to the age-old maxim, don't get high after your own supply? Yes. Yep. It's yeah. weird that these guys weren't listening to stuff like that. Shocking. And it rhymes and everything. Yeah, we've been seeing Henry sort of on this uh, this slippery slope. for. I don't like all of the unintentional puns that are <laughs> so far. Um, but, you know, like since he got out of prison, you know, he gets the warning from Pauly. He's not, he's not being smart. He's in it. And I, I bet that has an effect on him. And I, I think so. So the, the, the scene is he's at uh, his girlfriend Sandy's apartment, who we, last time we saw she was mixing the cone with the cocaine with the playing cards. It, it is safe to say that he now has a drug factory. Oh yeah, a one woman drug factory, at least yeah. in this scene, right? Yeah, right. So that the interesting thing about so this is this scene is set in this is nineteen seventy eight, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So. It's funny because, I mean, naturally we just assume, you know, we just, I just think of the, you know, when I think of the illegal drug world and I think of the mob, I think, oh, well, cocaine, they've been doing cocaine for, for decades. But cocaine was actually kind of new. I mean, it was, the drugs had been around for a century, right? But in terms of selling it illegally in this mass quantity, this is totally a 70s thing. In the 60s, it was all about heroin. Yep. So, um, but it was it was only in the second half of the se- of the seventies that cocaine became it became sh- very very chic. So, I wanted to read a tiny 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 thing from this book called Cocaine Nation by Thomas Felling because I think it kind of to hear this and then think about this scene is really interesting. So, quote like Dom Perignon, cocaine was a mass market product with bona fide upper class cachet. Unlike a lot of other drugs, cocaine was regarded as a fitting accompaniment to both work and leisure. Poor people couldn't afford it, and cocaine addicts were non-existent in 1975. It was the drug for people who didn't like drugs. 
So to think of it as being like this like exclusive product that you would do, you know, at Studio 54 or whatever, and then to think at this of the scene of this sort of pathetic woman cutting it herself in her small apartment, you know, plays a lot with the idea of how these people value well, I mean, how they see how, what they what they see is wealth versus you know the their work class days. Yeah, the status essentially. Well, well, and I think I think that and that's actually a great kind of observation because we see a close up of Henry taking the cocaine balls out of the press, mm-hmm. and this is the first time where we see like major bling on Henry, like mm-hmm. the gold watch, the gold bracelet. I noticed that. Yeah, the yeah, gold but- bracelet. He's got the gold pinky ring, but it's not just a ring. It's one of those thick rings with all the ornate, yeah. uh, you know, kind of decoration. It's important and- that you match your bling. Yeah. You go on gold, it's going to yeah. be all gold. You don't have, to have a silver in there. I want to talk about these balls. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are we done so talking I, about cocaine? I saw this and I wondered and I thought, that's an interesting device that he has there. What is that? It's and, a press. I'm guessing that for people out there a little more inured with the drug culture, we're going to sound like fools right now, but I'm willing to take that. Um, that <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a label I'm okay with taking, Josh. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> so in the 70s and 80s, they would press the Coke into an eight ball. Oh. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Yeah, here we go. Uh, 3.5 grams yeah. to be an eight ball. The true okay. weight for an actual eight ball should be uh, 28 grams or one ounce. He's actually putting actual eight balls. A phrase I've heard, but I had no idea oh, what it sure. actually was. I was just going to say, yeah, here's, here's where we show a little bit of our street knowledge and street cred along with our ignorance. I've heard the term eight ball. I did yeah. not know it was an actual literal ball. Yeah, it's a ball. <laughs> Which, which, and so what I didn't learn is what that device is and where you get it and what it was yeah. intended for. Why do you want one, Josh? Like, you know, you know, like they would have, like, in the 70s, they had, like, you could get catalog with, like, all sorts of Coke stuff, like a mm-hmm. vial on a chain and a little, all sorts of stuff, like, like, like in the later part of that, could you buy this device? Well, no, this, 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 this is, I, I think this is a, this is a device that has another use that is being used in the drug production. This yeah. is clearly a, some sort of, press you know what i mean because like if you look at it you, you got these big you know the big nuts and bolts and yeah. it's it's and it's and it's like a yeah it's like a it's like a mold and then below it there's some sort of tank which i can only imagine is the pneumatics mm-hmm. you know and and that's what compacts the the chemicals of the ball into the ball shape i mean i'm just guessing that it's some sort of metal press that's been repurposed yeah. uh for cocaine so uh movie cocaine is normal. There's a lot of things uh, that don't work for movie cocaine, is what I found out. Uh, powdered sugar doesn't work. It gets lumpy. Baking soda doesn't work. It doesn't look right. And it's usually... Uh, they, use, they use actual cocaine, right? Yeah. No, they, well, it's already no. there on set. I know. Well, why not? <laughs> hold on. Uh, this is... Uh, in movies, it's usually something called inositol, which is a B vitamin compound. And that is relevant because it is that same chemical is often used in cutting cocaine. Interesting. And so, so, so when, when, when he's snorting that line, he's snorting a line of, of vitamin B. Vitamins, probably. Most likely, yeah. Well, unless, those... unless, I have I read some some articles and it said it is not entirely uncommon to quote unquote go hot. Master <laughs> <laughs> will will substitute the fake cocaine for real cocaine. Wow. Which quote was not as uncommon as you might think. I always do this show hot. <laughs> There's That's a. Pro- that's only for Michael Bay films, though. Yeah. <laughs> Not the low-budget films. I wouldn't even know who to call. In that scenario, does the prop master tell the actor, or is it surprise? <laughs> no, no, the, oh, the actor will sort of re- re- request The actor will on, request on, he wants to go hot in this take. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry, that's the, that's the slang. 
I'm learning things. <laughs> I'm either going hot for the take or I'm going hot after the take. So let's yeah. go. Speaking there's your there's your cocaine information. There you go, cocaine minute with Josh. From, from minute. lame dudes. Um, so speaking of hot and uh, equipment in the drug factory, uh, you can see Sandy has decorated her apartment with a series of candles. Mm-hmm. I, I, I counted. There are twenty six individual candles lit in this room. That seems like a bad idea. That dovetails nicely with my fun fact, which is that <laughs> from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen, there was an average every year of ninety three hundred fires caused by candles in the United States. <laughs> Seventeen <laughs> percent of them in nineteen seventy eight were caused by this woman. Yes. So don't you think yeah, don't you think this character has stumbled or knocked down candles repeatedly? Well, that's the thing. If you she's gonna be high a lot of the time, right? So how often is she knocking over candles? Well no, and now here's my other thing is that as far as I could tell it's daylight. She accidentally invented freebasing. That's what they don't tell you. <laughs> like oh. I just I just think I, just I think barely know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the candle use is a little excessive. That's all. At one, as far as I can tell, one candle is perched on an upside down pot in the sink in the kitchen. There has to be some sort of smell reason for this. You think so? It has to be to yeah. cover up the smell. The smell of the dishwasher of- that she's not using? It's, it's unfortunate they didn't have Yankee candles back then. She could have just done the same job with like three or four. <laughs> yep. well, well, speaking of Sandy, her actions in the scene actually from a film critical standpoint – impressed me because the first time ever when I was watching this, I realized, I'm like, oh, this is a very similar scene to earlier in the movie when Henry is trying to leave the house and Karen asks for money and then she then rewards him with some physical affection. My my note here was, Henry can be seduced. Right, yeah, no, I mean, like, this is is the almost the exact same scene, just a different woman in a much different environment, but clearly Henry Henry has one button button you can push and the women know how to push it. Well, it's not Uh, like it's unusual. Yeah, and look look at the net dress she's wearing. So she can't steal cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) You can see. To indicate her place compared to his wife, so he bought his wife this nice new fabulous living room with all this like weird like Graceland style (laughs) decor. For her, he got her a dishwasher. Sandy doesn't even get solid fabric. (laughs) No. She she hates to do the dishes. Oh. And and that that will this will be important later on. There, the there's definitely yeah. some foreshadowing yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. about about the act of, of cleaning your cocaine, which is something they don't really go into a lot in drug dealing movies. Yeah. No, it's the cleaning a, part. It's the nitty gritty that they don't discuss. Yep. Yeah. So Ron, she's based on Robin, right? She is based. She, she's based in real life. She's based on uh, Robin Cooperman. Right. Who was uh, Henry's girlfriend? Yeah, and not one of Janice's friends. There's a great quote in the book about her. It says. She sold a little bit too, but mostly she was her own best customer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Played by the Would wonderful. She mark that down and then deduct it from her wage, I'm or sure not. No. yeah, no, I'm guessing not. Played by the wonderful Debbie Mazer. Yes, so Debbie Mazer, pride of Jamaica Queens. Nice. <laughs> when she was a teenager, she worked at a store with Linda Ramone. Oh. And uh, got her career started because she was discovered by Madonna when she was doing mm-hmm. makeup. Uh, she was hired to do makeup for the music video for Everybody. And then she started showing up in Papa Don't Preach and True Blue, Justify My Love, Deeper and Deeper. And uh, that led to uh, acting roles. Do you happen to know how many Law and Order episodes she's been on? Because I bet it's over 10. Over 10. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the over, what's the over under on that? <laughs> Let's see. She did, she did one episode of the Special Victims Unit. <laughs> Who hasn't? Yeah, I've done four. I mean, come on. <laughs> I feel like I've seen her in a lot of procedurals. I feel like I've seen her in a lot of like. She did tw- 22 episodes of LA Law. 
Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Wow, yeah. Wow. I, I like how, against I like, type. I think that's what I first remember. Remember her was yeah. was coming across her in LA Law. She was Denise Ianello in the final season. Her Wikipedia page says that she's known for her Jersey Girl type roles. Despite the from Queens, <laughs> even though she's from Queens, yeah, so. right at Queens. My and ass. and interesting, interesting fun fact about Debbie Mazur: she dated Paul Rubens. Oh, that <laughs> is interesting. And in fact, Paul Rubens credited her with ending his depression resulting from his arrest in 1991. Oh. So, so she saved Paul Rubens from himself. Debbie, she said. She said to him. Hey, jerk off. <laughs> and he was, I'm sorry. Oh, I wonder what her opinion, uh, I wonder what her relationship is with Marissa Tomei. Because you know that they've gone to like countless, she's shown up for like a, ca- a casting session and seen her outside waiting. And, you yeah, know, she's very much the poor woman's uh, Marissa Tomei, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't say that. But, yeah, but she's great. I still, she's I like great, though. She's things. great. She's great. And she's been in, I mean, she was in. She was in Singles. She was in So I Married an Axe Murder. She was in Empire Records. You remember her in Empire Records? She was great yeah, in that. Yeah. yeah. So she's more like an indie woman's Marissa yeah. Tomei. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Let's yeah. go with that. Yeah, she's great. She adds that edgy Queen's character to every role. She was on an episode of Friends where she played the character Evil Bitch. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. Get the eyebrows for that. Classic role. <laughs> All right. Are, are we, we done? With, are we done with this? Well, no. Well, well. before we move on to Sandy's apartment, th- this is the moment I've been waiting for for the entire movie, which is Henry in the shower uh-huh. with the radio listening. And anybody who grew up in New York. Well, let's we'll talk about this tomorrow. We got a whole. No, it happens in this minute. I love. Yeah, I, no, the I music. This. The the music. All right, the music. About the music. Okay, the music. I'm not talking about what they're saying on the radio. I'm talking about we get a close up of an old Motorola radio that is hanging next to the shower, which, to be honest, is dangerously close to the bathroom. I, my only so, note here is I don't trust the '70s radio shower not to kill me. Right. No. <laughs> that is does not. No, it doesn't work. Unless it's <laughs> diesel power. He's been living on the edge to the whole movie, so I can True. I can see where he might just plug in the radio next to the shower and just say screw it. So the radio is on, and you hear the sounds of what is known as the ten ten wind sounder. Okay, which anybody who grew up in the New York metro area knows that is AM station ten ten WINS. It's a news I, station. I, I didn't even grow up there, and I know that. Okay, and yeah. the, the music sounds like it sounds like it sounds like a newsroom, right? It's very kind of like it's it's piercing, right? Like it's that kind of thing. Stabby, yeah, stabby. What you're hearing is a song called "Construction Site" by Ib Glindeman, who is a Danish jazz musician and the leader of the Ib Glindeman Orchestra. It's just I just want. <laughs> Thank you know you. what? Above and beyond, Ron. Thank you. And the, really, the, really detailed. The the sounds that you're hearing are a combination of horns and a xylophone making that. And the reason why Ten Ten Winds picked it as the sound effect in the '60s because it sounded like a teletype machine of like news coming in without actually being that because it was also kind of music. My joke about that was always that like there's always there's a guy. Yep. And every 10 minutes, they, they're like, point to him, go! And well, he's got to do the thing like that. Super, uh-huh. super animated. So it was the same sound. I forget the year that it started in the 60s, and it was the same sound effect until 1993. And then they re-recorded it, and there's actually three different bumpers now they use. They use one at the top of the hour, one at 20 minutes past the hour, and one at 40 minutes past the hour. And they're subtly different, but they all have that same basic xylophone. And growing up, this was a sound that you heard everywhere and followed you and you could never get away from. No. 
And if you want to know just a little bit about the news, hang on, because you're about to find out almost nothing. <laughs> but it makes me feel like home when I yes. if I if I'm like yes. uh, like in the air if I'm like coming from the airport and the cab driver has it on, it, like nothing does it better than that little stern little voice with that da, 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 da behind it. And what is it? Give it, give us seven minutes and we'll give you the world or whatever the line is like the, the, the 20 tag. minutes and I'll yeah, give us 20 minutes. and We'll give you the world. Yeah. Um, wagon blast. Also interesting is that I've been to a lot of deep, dark corners of the internet. All right. I've seen a lot of things. Mm-hmm. All right. I did not know there's an entire subculture that loves this this song, and particularly because it was on 1010 Wins. Are you there's, surprised about that, though? I, I will be honest. I was surprised. As soon as I, you said it, I was like, yeah. I sense. went deep. I, there's, there's, a guy, there's a guy who's been researching this, and he's written several posts. I found the same guy. I found his YouTube account, and then I found several posts on various different, like, New York City – news, radio, TV kind of message boards where he's trying to get in touch with someone at WINS who recorded the 93 version to find out who actually did the recording. Like, this guy is intense. Wow. And and I, I tip my hat to him. Huh. <laughs> I hope he found what he was looking for. That's, so. that's like going deep. <laughs> By the way, w, uh, WINS, whatever, did you know it was one of the, it's one of New York's oldest radio stations. It was started in 1924. And I mean, radio is only... I mean, the first radio station ever that anyone could pick up was 1919. So very, very early on. So it has a long storied history. It's part of New York City for it's almost 100 years. And, and it's, it's, part of the, it's part of the soundtrack. And that's, that's why, like, I lo- again, we talk about the details Scorsese puts into it. But of course, you know, you know and we'll talk about it in tomorrow's minute, but Henry hears, he's going to hear about it on the news. And this is when you would hear about it on the news. You know, like mm-hmm. even, even like eight, CBS 880, like they didn't, they didn't have this same sounder, but they they copied it. They had a sound effect that told you it was the top of the news, and it was you know like a, it was fascinating. You give us twenty two minutes, we'll give you the world. That's what they say. Yeah, I love it. So so there you go. So construction site by Ib Gleiberman, and you can look it up on YouTube, and you can hear the whole song. It's actually a fun jaunty little song. Sure. <laughs> Any other stuff for the minute? I've been waiting ninety days to do this, guys. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Since we started this podcast, this was the moment I've been waiting for. I wanted to say, correct myself. It was actually give us 22 minutes yeah. and we'll give you the world. Yeah, I think us- I said 20 early. I yeah. wanted to, can't, can't put that out there without correcting that. Thank you. 22 minutes, <laughs> we'll give you the world. Connor, how many fucks? In this minute, two. Two fucks. All right. Two fucks. Two there fucks. we go. Two fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that is going to do it for minute number 93. Tune in tomorrow for minute 94. Until then, check us out on Twitter at Goodfellas Minute, on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute, and you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. If you want to support the show, of course, get over to Patreon.com slash GFM, or you go to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support, where you can shop via our Amazon link. If you have any questions, anything, you want to email us, contact at GoodfellasMinute.com. Real quick, Greg, where can they find you? You can find my podcast, Bowery Boys New York City History, on iTunes and wherever you get podcasts. Our blog's BoweryBoysHistory.com and you can also locate us on Facebook and on Twitter at BoweryBoys. Awesome. That's going to do for the day. So tomorrow, come back for Minute 94 and goodbye. Or will I go from a rags to returns My fate is up to Watch never stops. This is 1010 Wins. You give us 22 minutes, 
We'll give you the world. 